I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. To talk about the Mets and first impressions in spring training, we bring in Anthony DeComo from MLB.com, covers the Mets. Hey, Tony, how are you? Doing well, Laurie. How's it going? Good. Um, So this roster is mostly set in many ways, but let's talk about um, one potential position battle that I'm intrigued with this spring, and that's third base. And especially, I think you had an article about it um, on, you know, Mets.com, MLB.com, about with Manny Machado signing this big contract, he's no longer looming. So third base, Brett Beatty, you know, the, the rookie, the prospect, or... Uh, you know, Escobar, the veteran, proven, um, and his defense is proven. How do you see uh, handicap this race for us? Yeah, look, there's a short term and there's a long term at third base, right? Long term, I'll start there. Uh, Manny Machado is now a Padre for 11 years. <laughs> Carlos Correa could have been a Met, not a Met. So those were the two big potential free agents, free agents who could have come the Mets' way and could have essentially put them in a position where Brett Beatty was never going to get a chance to play third base in this organization. He either would have had to go to left field or maybe ultimately become trade bait. And this is a really good prospect. And, and a lot of people are excited about him, excited about the power potential of what he can be. He's already proven it to a certain extent. He's played in the big leagues, homered on his first swing <laughs> as a major leaguer. So there's a lot to like here. Short term, that doesn't mean that he's the third baseman right now. Eduardo Escobar is still making $10 million this year, coming off one of the best Septembers of any player in baseball. Um, And it's kind of Escobar's job to lose. But if Beatty comes in and is just gangbusters in spring training, and already he was two for two in an inch squad the other day, he homered in his first Grapefruit League game, so he's off to a terrific start. He's off to exactly the start that he wants and needs. He can make things real interesting and real awkward for – Mets officials who are ultimately going to make this decision. And especially because there's room for both guys to play. Mm-hmm. Beatty obviously being a left-handed bat. Um, Escobar is a switch hitter, but he's better from the right side. So you could potentially pl- platoon those guys, have Escobar DH a little bit, have Beatty DH a little bit. There's room for both. And I think it's going to be really interesting. If, if Beatty doesn't hit well this spring, easy decision. Escobar's the third baseman. If Beatty hits great, then all of a sudden you've got a real conundrum on your hands. And I think for a win-now team, you strongly have to consider carrying that, that young prospect in Brett Beatty. And is there a possibility um, that Mets not fan favorite from last year, Darren Ruff, you know, can you see a scenario where he is dealt or let go 
And, you know, you made the point about DH. Vogelbach may be the left-handed DH, but some DH at bats there. If if the Mets were looking for that one more impact bat for this lineup, that's what Steve Cohen thought, and I think rightfully so, that was the missing piece for this that he was looking for in Carlos Correa. As you said, if Beatty hits in spring training, can you envision a scenario where it's rough that's let go and there's some more at-bats there uh, for both Escobar and Beatty? Yeah, look, I think for right now that's up to Darren Ruff. Um, You know, if you're you're being honest about the situation, does Darren Ruff still have something to offer the Mets? I don't know. I'm not sure they know. Um, but they did kind of put themselves out on the limb making that trade last year. Obviously, it didn't work out for them last year, but he's under team control this year as well. Uh, now's probably not the time to cut bait because the last thing you want to do is do that and then see him go elsewhere. And, oh, by the way, this guy who has a very, very long and productive track record of hitting left-handed pitching, you don't want to go elsewhere and then just prove that it was a bad two months for him as many, if not all, players go through at some point in their career. Um, but... Yeah, if Darren Ruff gets out to a slow start in April and May, uh, I think absolutely at that point, then you have to consider, well, hold on a second, is this really our best option, or can we upgrade? Because the Mets have in-house alternatives. Escobar is one if Beatty takes over the third base uh, opportunities there. Mark Vientos is another prospect who's really proven all that he has to prove in the minors. There's not really a spot for him on the big league team, but as another right-handed power bat, um, you know, if Darren Ruff isn't producing, that's someone that the Mets could easily plug in and play. So just because they didn't go out and get the big Carlos Correa acquisition, obviously Correa is better probably than any of the of the options we're talking about here, but just because they didn't get him doesn't mean they don't have other alternatives already in-house. And, Anthony, because this is sports talk radio, and so I'm actually, you know, contractually bound to overreact to small sample sizes, <laughs> um, I'm going to toss another name in there that you wrote a little bit about, and that is for anybody who saw the Mets play on Saturday, Ronnie Mauricio hit a home run that I think is still traveling, but certainly was up over the burn in center field, bouncing on the pavement, and it just looked like such... I understand at that point in the game that what might have been a groove fastball, 94 miles an hour down the plate, but it just looked like easy power there from him, and... You know, here's a player who's 21 years old, but is there potentially, can you envision again, if they're looking for impact power bats, um, I understand right now he's playing shortstop. Is there potentially, again, whether it's DH or someplace, is there a role for Mauricio on this Mets team? At at some point this season, sure, yeah. Uh, Unlike those other names, Mauricio doesn't have experience yet at AAA, so he could probably... Yeah, not right now, but at some point during the season. More. Sure. Yeah, and I asked him after the game today, I said, have you ever hit a ball 450 feet before? And he I said, actually, last year in the Pioneers, I hit one 507 <laughs> feet. So uh, it's pretty amazing, actually, because this guy was an international signing in, in 2017. He showed up to his first spring training, minor league spring training in 2018, and his official weigh-in was 166 pounds, just rail-thin, uh, tall guy, well over six feet, and he's put on more than 50 pounds since then, and pretty much all of it is muscle. Yeah. He is completely filled out. He's got his adult body now, still a young guy, and um, yeah, this is basically 
kind of what the Mets dreamed on when they signed him, that he could be this kind of physical specimen. Obviously, he needs to translate into games. There's still plenty of swing and miss in Mauricio's game, which, which can be concerning. Um, pitch recognition is something he needs to improve and work upon. But the raw talent, the skill is absolutely there for him to be a star. So if he can fulfill even some of that potential, yeah, he's not far away. And certainly by the second half of this season, if he's just raking in the minors, he could be an option as well. I'll give you one more just uh, for people who maybe missed it today um, or watched today's game. Um, you mentioned rail thin, but uh, prospects to dream on, not not close um, yet. But how about a scouting report on Alex, um, you know, watching uh, Ramirez and, and in particular Alex Ramirez getting in there as a pinch runner and just flying around the bases? Yeah. Another kind of similar mold in that he is a five-tool player and outfielder, Alex Ramirez. Uh, He'll be on the travel roster tomorrow down to Jupiter, so it'll be exciting to see him uh, potentially get to play a little bit more even. But um, this is what the Mets – this is kind of the fruits of what they've been doing for the farm system for the last three or four years. Um, For a long time, this was a pitching-dominated system. Uh, Right now, it's a position-player-dominated system, I think, Something like the top seven or eight prospects in the system are all position players, and Alex Ramirez is is one of the best in the bunch. So, um, yeah, his ceiling is the sky. I mean, this is a guy who can throw, who can catch, who can run, as you mentioned. Um, he could potentially uh, hit for a lot of power. And the question for him is similar to Mauricio. Is he going to have the play discipline? Is he going to have the pitch recognition to really develop that fifth tool, that hit tool? Because that can be the difference for a lot of guys between being a star and just being an okay player, a fringe player, maybe a guy who doesn't make it. Um, Alex Ramirez is a little bit younger. Probably not going to see him during the regular season this year, but he's another one for sure to dream on in 2024 and beyond. We even, there, we even got a chance to, uh, to see Kevin Parada, the, uh, the Mets catcher. Um, yeah. you know, uh, that was the, the last out of the game was, uh, was him throwing out a runner trying to steal, which I didn't think was even possible this, uh, this year with the new, <laughs> with the new rules. Um, but, uh, but there was Parada. Uh, talking to Anthony DiComo about the Mets and spring training. So those are some of the prospects, which are really fun to watch. What did some of your first impressions of some of the newer veterans that have joined the team this year? So um, first impressions, let's start with uh, watching you know, forgetting games, but just watching them work, being around them, interviews, all those sort of things. Justin Verlander. Yeah, I mean, professional is the best way I could put it. Uh, you know, Justin Verlander, you never know when a guy like that, 17-year major league veteran, when he comes to a new team. Uh, these guys have egos, right? And rightfully so. So you never know how they're going to assimilate to a new clubhouse, how they're going to fit in. Um, I haven't seen anything, honestly, but, you know, true professionalism from Verlander, he's been gregarious he's been accessible he has kind of talked about wanting to be a a sounding board for younger players wanting to be the guy that's approachable that guys can come to and and kind of feed off his experience because obviously when you have three single boards an mvp a world series two world series titles uh you know guys are going to want to pick your brain a little bit he's very receptive to that he seems like he's in a good place mentally that um you know now a couple of years three years removed from tommy john surgery in a good place physically as well. So um, there's a lot to like about the Justin Verlander package. Uh, you know, it's you never quite know. He just turned 40 years old the other day. You never quite know when it's going to turn for guys because it turns for everyone eventually. Um, but if you're going to bet on someone, 
to continue to thrive into his early 40s. I don't know how he's not number one on the list. I mean, he, he seems to do all the things he needs to do to take care of his body. Obviously, he has the experience, the pitching know-how. You know, he's talking today about tinkering with a changeup, which he hasn't used all that much in the last seven, eight years of his career. But that's kind of who this guy is. He understands that to continue to be successful and to continue to be at the top of the league at this age, he can't just always do the same things. He needs to constantly be evolving even now. So, um, yeah, very impressive, and um, I have no doubt that he's going to have a good year for the Mets. How about uh, Kodai Senga, the new pitcher from Japan? Um, we've heard about the uh, ghost pitch. But what's your first impression of him? This, this is pro- Senga is probably the New York Mets that I have the most interest in watching this year because his range of outcomes is so wide. I, I mean, he has true frontline stuff. You hear a lot about the ghost fork, that, that secondary pitch. Uh, uh, you know, essentially it's a splitter, but it's fun to talk about um, because <laughs> it does have a little bit of a different movement than, than maybe some traditional American splitters you've seen. But, you know, at the even, end of the day, this Anthony, guy even, throw, if, it's, even yeah. if it's just good branding, I like the ghost it's, fork. It's <laughs> tremendous branding, Lord. And that, that's what I love about it. But, uh, but look, he throws 98 as well. So mm-hmm. that's going to play. Even if you have a, an okay breaking ball, that's going to play when you're playing it off a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, the first bullpen session I, th- I saw him throw this spring, he was bouncing some of the splitters. The fastball command was all over the place. I, I'm no scout, so if I'm noticing these things, it's kind of like, oh, I, what did the Mets just invest in? But, you know, a couple of days later he was out, he looked much better. He threw live BP. Um, you know, I think it has taken him a little bit to get a feel for all of the things that we talk about when, when some of these Japanese pitchers come over, whether it's the feel of the baseball, yeah. the baseball over here is a little bigger, um, uh, you know, not quite as tacky as they use in Japan. Uh, Senga talked about the slope of the mound being mm-hmm. a little steeper here, so that was something that he had to get used to, especially because that, that ghost fork is such a feel pitch for him. Um, so these are things that, you know, it's not going to come overnight. But I'm super interested in seeing him once he does get into a great Pro League game here in the next week or so and just kind of seeing how batters react to him. Uh, like I said, this guy could be, you know, an ace caliber type pitcher. He can also be a bust. Uh, it's really hard to tell when a guy's never pitched in this league at this level against this caliber of hitters before. So we'll see. I will be very interested in how this one turns out. Speaking of the pitching staff and starting pitching, uh, one of my listeners wanted me to ask you about um, some of the guys who are not getting much attention right now, and that's David Peterson. We can throw in Tyler McGill in that. But for those guys, you know, Carlos Carrasco is, you know, older and obviously going to be a free agent. What sort of role, how do you... How big a role do you anticipate Peterson and McGill having this season? Really big, really big. And I say that knowing that odds are both of those guys are going to be in the AAA rotation to start the year. But we say this every year, and it's almost like the Mets say this every year, but they, in the past they haven't always meant it, which is that no team needs five stars over the course, or no team only uses five stars over the course of the year. The average team... Uh, not even counting, you know, the openers that, that some teams use regularly. The average team uses about 11, 12, sometimes 13 starters over the course of the year. Some teams even more than that, 16, 17. Uh, teams burn through rotation depth very, very quickly. So I know there's a temptation when you have guys who could potentially help in the bullpen, and Peterson and McGill are definitely two who could, 
uh, there's temptation to do that. But as you mentioned, Carrasco hasn't been the healthiest guy. Even Max Scherzer hasn't been the healthiest guy. Every member of the rotation is 30 years old or older. Scherzer's 38, Justin Verlander's 40. If you're counting on all five of those guys to be healthy, even through the end of May, you're fooling yourself. There's going to be IL stints. There's going to be a little aches and pains. There's going to be times when, frankly, the Mets just want to give them a little extra time and insert a six-man into the rotation, not, not as a six-man rotation, but as a, hey, let's put David Peterson in there, push everyone back a day, let everyone kind of lick their wounds a little bit and, and get healthier. So uh, hugely important to have guys in Peterson and McGill who have proven that they can start effectively at this level. I think you don't have to be that old of a Mets fan to remember three, four, five years ago when all of a sudden – two or three things would go wrong and you'd be putting in just completely untested pitchers. In a lot of cases, guys who probably shouldn't have been pitching at the big league level, starting games that really matter at the big league level, and just kind of throwing them in the fire. Well, now the Mets can kind of go four or five deep with these depth starters, not just Peterson McGill, but you can even go beyond that. And it's going to be helpful. The Mets are going to need them. So that's what their role is. And if you're Peterson and McGill, yeah, it, it kind of sucks that you pitch well, you're probably going to have to start the season at Syracuse, but they know the drill. They know what this is. They know how good this team is and, and why it's working out this way. And they also know that, again, probably before the end of May, they're both going to be up and helping the team. Talking to Anthony Giacomo about the Mets, and one other new veteran wanted your uh, take on your first impression of seems like such an important member of the team, catcher Omar Narvaez. And what's your first impression there? Yeah, look, if everything goes right with Narvaez, that's a left-handed bat at catcher who has in the past hit the big league level and hit for some power. Um, that's actually pretty rare to get a left-handed hitting catcher who can do that. Uh, Narvaez has been very inconsistent throughout his career, so we'll see how it works out at this level. I think the fact that the Mets signed Tomas Nito, guaranteed him some money for a couple of years to kind of be the co-catcher with Narvaez is big because it takes some of the pressure off both guys. Um, neither one, I would say, is the definitive starter. It is probably going to be a true platoon, but if one plays better than the other significantly, they could certainly kind of edge into the other's playing time. Um, but, look, Narvaez is a, is a veteran. He's got a track record, and, and frankly speaking, the production of the Mets got a catcher last year, the last couple mm-hmm. of years from James McCann just, yeah. just wasn't there. So it will be hard not to be an improvement over that. Mm. Um, then today, obviously, Max Scherzer's first um, outing of spring training and was interesting to see, I guess, uh, two sort of two points together. Um, Max Scherzer today and your impressions of the new rules and watching Max with the new pitch clock. Um, just was curious, you know, what you thought and your impressions and takeaways, what Max thought. Well, I love the pitch clock. I think it's a fantastic rule. Um, I know not everyone agrees with me, but I think, I think it's awesome, is, personally. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, to me, you know, I'll just interject here on this. I've been, <laughs> I've been arguing with um, with some of our callers on is that what we're missing is watching guys, you know, adjust their batting gloves between pitches. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand what we're missing with the with the pitch clock. Honestly, I, I haven't heard an explanation from anyone that you know who's against it. That's not just a fear of change mm-hmm. uh, because we've always done it this way, but. You're absolutely right. I mean, in the minor leagues, it took off an average of 25 minutes per game, and it's not like that's taking away action. All you're taking away is dead time. But what I really like about it is just what you mentioned, what Max Scherzer kind of showed today, 
was that pitchers can kind of use this to mess with hitters a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, Max Scherzer, who is capable, <laughs> and he said it himself, I'm capable of pitching as fast or as slow as I want to. Um, so he was clarifying what the umpire rules, and basically he was saying that the batter, remember, has to be in the box with eight seconds left minimum on the mm-hmm. clock. So Scherzer can come set in his windup whenever he wants. He was trying to come set so that as soon as the clock hit eight, he could deliver the ball. And even if the batter's just getting ready, he looks up, boom, the ball's on you. So you can mess with timing. And then when Scherzer wants to, he can kind of like wait for the batter to come in and then let the clock tick down to three or two seconds and then <laughs> deliver it. So it, it, it's he called it a cat and mouse game. I think it's great. I think it um, – you know, you're going to see a lot of pitchers, especially the smarter ones, try and do that. It's a new way to mess with timing. And it can certainly be an advantage if you do it the right way. Um, but I love it. I love that guys like Scherzer are, are already kind of scheming ways to take advantage of it, to make it their own. But at the bottom line, you know, regardless of any of that stuff, I just think it's good for baseball. It makes the games more entertaining. So last one before I let you go, then. Do you have any idea what it is that the uh, the mastermind Buck Showalter is doing behind closed fields in practices this spring? He's not opening up to media and fans, and I imagine he's working on some things with the new rules that he's a wrinkle or two that he may bust out in the regular season but doesn't want us to see. But any idea what he's working on? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell with Buck, but I, but I will say this: uh, he reads the rule book every year. Uh, I don't think there's a manager in baseball who knows the intricacies of it better than him, and he'll play dumb on stuff sometimes. But but make no doubt about it: uh, if there's a way to take advantage of these new rules, Buck Showalter is going to find it. He's going to do his absolute best to exploit it, and he's going to make sure every single member of his team knows about it and they're going to practice it. So I, I, I don't know if that's what they're doing out. You know, they haven't been using the backfields that much. They've been doing, having meetings every day, doing stuff in door shore, whatever. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily what it is, but I can tell you that the Mets will be prepared for every kind of intricacy of these rules. I saw someone speculating, which um, would be really funny if they, uh, based on some comments of Buck about college and innovation, where I can envision like a college football game, Buck has uh, has some coaches standing there in the dugout holding up um, a real sign and a dummy sign, and players find out, you know, which one's the real one, and they change them, and whatever it is, where the Mets are getting signs out faster based on something. Who knows? I- I'm just expecting there will be something in interesting a wrinkle from buck yeah well the mets are are always interesting as you know laurie so that's just another (laughs) element to it that's true never dull the new york mets um it's all branding anthony decomo does a fantastic job covering the mets um appreciate the time catch up with you soon you got it have a great night t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.